Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we hear from Winnipeg Blue Bombers head coach Mike O'Shea, as well as a little bit from Scott Milanovic and Orlando Steinauer. Great Cup coaches press conference as part of Great Cup Unite. Also, Kelly Moore with Winnipeg Westman basketball great Sandra Carroll on the podcast. Mike O'Shea. He'll be on the show with Bob Irving and I next Tuesday, the one-year anniversary of the Grey Cup win. But today, along with every other coach in the CFL, they were on Zoom calls with the media for Grey Cup Unite. They are trying to make this week similar-ish to a normal Grey Cup week, so they always have the coaches' press conference. And today was no different. Now, they did them in groups of three. So he was with Scott Milanovic, Edmonton coach, and Hamilton's Orlando Steinauer, Steiny, as Mike calls him. And they were all together on the same staff back in 2012, so they talk about that a bit. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's just start with O'Shea. Uh, he was asked to, today by our friend Ted Wyman of The Sun about this time last year when he was at the coach's presser at the Grey Cup around this time in Calgary. And if that feels like, I don't know, a million years ago now? Probably longer than that. <laughs> it feels longer than that. And and as Orlando said we're, we're, we're past that and we're moving forward. Like there's only so many questions you can answer about what have you been doing and what's going on. It's, 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 let's, let's get some uh, positivity generated here and let's move forward and let's get, get a season underway. Is it weird though, just to be sitting here today with there not being a great cup, you know, in your life, so many years in the CFL, it's been such a huge tradition. Yep. And I'm going to miss it. But I'm not going to lay in bed all day, you know, wait for it to happen. You know, get up and get going. And O'Shea was asked if there are any silver linings that have come out of this canceled season. There are silver linings. Scott said it too. Um, and, and a bunch of them, probably too numerous to, to talk about. And also um, there's, the, uh, there's the days you wake up and you're just, you're, you're so uh, frustrated or disappointed that you're not working um, with your players in a building on the field. Uh, you know, that happens too. That's all just uh, the real life emotion of, of where we're at. Um, but of course you, you, you find new things to do and, and um, also more beneficial. O'Shea was asked if he's any, had any kind of contact with players on his team over the last couple of months. Well, there hasn't been a lot uh, of communication since, uh, I guess, late summer, early fall, really. Um, now the the assistant coaches, uh, you know, have have kept in some contact with them, but they they understand uh, how much we care about them, and they also know that the the door is always open. I know they're not physically in the in the building anymore, but um, so. You know, here and there, there's calls with certain guys uh, as things come up, as as uh, people just check in on each other. But uh, for the most part, they're up, they're up on the situation and and maybe is in the dark <laughs> as some of us just waiting for final answers. Like a lot of usual off seasons, I, I, I you know don't spend a lot of time trying to get in contact with the players on a on a weekly basis or anything like that. They've got lives to lead. And, and personally they need a, you know, like I thought as a player, I needed a break from, from that kind of guidance, constant guidance. 
What about the state of his coaching staff and all their jobs heading into 2021? The process of finding players um, is never ending. Um, in terms of what the league is mandated in terms of signing players, uh, that's a better question for, for the GMs. But uh, I know that the, that the neg list is still working and um, our guys are still uh, watching the film, making sure we're going to be ready. Uh, in terms of the coaching staff, uh, you know, my plan is to uh, keep the same coaching staff. But with regards to releasing that, I, I haven't gotten all the information I need on how to proceed contractually with. So uh, that's still a work in progress. All right. So let's flash back now to 2012. Scott Milanovic coaching the Toronto Argonauts. His two of his assistants were Mike O'Shea and Orlando Steinauer. And what are Milanovic's thoughts on coaching with those two and seeing where they are now? Yeah, they were, Dan, they were, there were holdovers from Jim Barker's staff. So, um, wasn't their first job really, I don't think, for either of them. Um, I knew a little bit more about Osh as a coach because he had been um, Jim's special teams coordinator, and they had great success. We played him in the East Final, I think, two years prior. You know, that's when Chad Owens was really killing it just on special teams. So Osh was was an easy one. Um, with Orlando, I knew him as, from his playing days. And he'll tell you, he had a pretty extensive interview. I gave Chris Jones a lot of latitude in the defensive, uh, in the defensive staff hirings. And uh, we, we sat in there with O for, I mean, a long time. <laughs> and he was so patient because he was, you know, it was all really about character, not even X's and O's. You know, can we trust you? What kind of – and um, he's <laughs> – O would finally was like, guys, all I can tell you is I'm a good guy. You can trust me, and, and this is going to work. And uh, – Two of, my, two of my favorite guys in the business, CFL, NFL, college football, whatever. They're great coaches. I only had the, I think, the one year oh with you, right? And and I had, I think, two with, with Osh. Um, but um, I had no doubt that they would go on to be uh, highly successful. And the Minnesota Timberwolves just picked shooting guard Anthony Edwards from Georgia first overall in the draft. Back to Mike O'Shea, and he talked, too, about his time on that staff in Toronto. When you look back on it, such a good staff. Um, I was, you know, every day was an amazing learning opportunity for me. I thought we worked uh, pretty damn hard, and, and we also had a lot of fun doing it. You know, I just, I just happened to rewatch the replay of the, of the 100th. And, uh, you know, the, Scott's a no BS guy, right? So when Larry Taylor pumps off a couple of returns, the cut I am getting on the sideline and he looks from it's awesome. That kind of, uh, that kind of accountability um, w was terrific. It certainly helped guide me in, in my process uh, becoming a head coach, but I, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade those, those couple of years on that staff or anything. It was, it was just awesome going to work every single day. And finally Steinauer and then O'Shea, on what the future of the league has to look like for it to come out of this pause unscathed. I'm just, I'm just going to say it like this in a, in a general statement because it's really not about specifics for me. And that is that I would hope that we look back in history and say that in 2021, after a brief pause, that it was a springboard to great, great things. And what that looks like to sit here and predict that, I'd be lying to anybody. But I would say that if you, I was looking through the list of head coaches for the conferences today, 
Uh, I mean, I mean, throughout all the teams. And I just thought, wow, there's five people that we played with. And I even played against Scott for, for a quick second there. And, you know, when he was in Calgary and it's like, it's like I had mentioned before, it's a little bit of changing of the guard, if you will. And so I love where we're at. I love the direction of the leadership and I'm speaking from the head coaches. I like uh, where we're at. I think there's been quite a bit more transparency, but I would just hope that when we look back on this and we look back and we say there was a pause, but after the pause, there was so much positivity and great things came from it. Yeah, I think in the next 108 years of, of Grey Cups being handed out, um, it'll be exactly that. It'll be, uh, it, it won't even be commemorated with a plate on the trophy. <laughs> you know, hopefully not. No, it'll just be uh, a blip that our, that our grandkids, you know, get told of <laughs> um, with no lasting effects, really. Winnipeg Blue Bombers head coach Mike O'Shea, as well as Eskimos coach, or not Eskimos coach, not called the Eskimos anymore, Edmonton coach Scott Milanovic and Hamilton coach Orlando Steinauer. Sandra, I guess before we do anything, congratulations are in order. I'm not sure how long you've known about this, but uh, uh, obviously it, uh, it has to be a proud moment for both you and your family. Yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, it really is a very proud moment, and uh, you know we've received a lot of honors over the years, and and myself personally, and, and uh, it really never gets old. So it's it's really nice to hear yourself being recognized. Even you know I think it's now <laughs> over 25 years ago. So it's 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 quite the uh, uh, accomplishment, and it's it's quite uh, you know something that uh, really makes me proud, and and uh, uh, I'm happy to to join here I, I i would have to think and and i'm certainly not going to try to put words into your mouth here but just in terms of of what we know about sandra carroll are you more comfortable with when the u of w three p champions went into the hall of fame than on an individual basis yeah i think that it's uh <laughs> and i think it's more appropriate as well because it was a really great team and and you know i may have been one of the uh uh, the stars in, in quotation marks on the team, but uh, really without the team itself, there would have been no no stars. So, you know, I got the benefit. I was the one who scored the most points and, and you know, got a lot of the attention, but really the, the team was the, the thing that was the, the great. Uh, uh, and so the attention being focused specifically on me is a little bit, you know, uh, it's very... Um, uh, nice and everything, but uh, I do think that the team uh, honor is is much more appropriate and and, and uh, more it shows more what the situation really was. Right. I I wanted to make sure we got the congratulations out of the way uh, first because uh, uh, sometimes <laughs> in a conversation you could forget what the. <laughs> what the focus was was going to be. <laughs> Sandra is actually uh, speaking with us from Germany. Uh, Altenburg, am I anywhere even close to what your hometown <laughs> is there, Sandra? <laughs> well, sort of. I mean, it, it, you started with the right letter, but it was uh, it's Altenburg. There's extra syllable, I think, in there. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's a long, long tongue twister. <laughs> right. Just for geographical purposes, you're about, what, about an hour or so outside of Munich? About half an hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty close to Munich. Yeah, I, I forgot there are no speed limits in Germany. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
you know, it, it's it's an amazing career you've had. And before we talk about the German portion of it, uh, I just want to go back to your days at the U of W because uh, many athletes who have had the great pre- uh, pleasure of interviewing while they were in the moment don't even consider all the the great things that are happening. It's not till afterwards that you really have a chance to sit back and appreciate it. So, as you just mentioned, you know, we're we're talking about 25 years ago, but if you could turn the clock back, Sandra, did you or any of your teammates realize the greatness that you were achieving during those three-peat national championships? Uh, I don't know. I think to, to the quite the extent, I, I don't really know that we really uh, realized it. But on the other hand, we kind of uh, did. I mean, I always felt like I, I was being spoiled at the time. You know, I, I felt like we were getting all the success and the, and the rest of my life is going to be a disappointment now because of all the success we've had and it can't go on forever because, uh, you know, you, you don't win every single game and every single championship and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, it was uh, a little of both. You know, we, I didn't think that we'd still be talking about it 25 years after the fact, definitely. But I, at the same time, did think, you know, uh, this is very special, and we better enjoy it while we're, we have it because uh, it is something that uh, not everybody gets to enjoy, and it, it's a very special thing. So, yeah, a little bit of both, I guess. During that three-year run, Sandra, I mean, we know it's been well-documented, the, the game that ended 88 in a row. But before mm-hmm. that happened, were there any other really close calls where perhaps, you know, the three titles in a row might not have happened? Is there anything that sticks out in your mind uh, at all? Not really. I, I mean, we always felt that every game that we were going to win, no matter what was happening in the game. Uh, and I do remember a few games where, you know, we would be we would be even down by something like 15 points at halftime and and uh, really playing really crappy, but everybody was still sort of happy and because we, we knew we were going to win in the end. It was just, you know, the feeling and the confidence that we had and, and uh, we always just had that feeling that we were going to win. So uh, for us, losing the one game, that was something that was, uh, you know, completely unexpected and, and uh, something that we... Uh, had never even thought about because we always knew, even if up to the last second of that 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 game that we did lose, uh, we knew that we were going to win somehow. But in the end, we didn't. So, uh, uh, but that's how it was for the whole time. And even after we lost that game, it was like, okay, we lost that game, and now we're going to win the rest. And and you know, we'd really kind of felt like that. I don't really think there was ever. Uh, any other game that I can remember that we said, oh, we just about, uh, the streak was just about gone or anything like that. It was, we went one game at a time and, and you know, we enjoyed the games and we always thought we were going to win. So uh, I think that was part of also how, why we were so successful. It's just, you know, that kind of mentality. If you really believe in something, it's more likely to happen. So I think that helped us a lot. And, uh, you know, they came from the coaches all the way down uh, through all the players. And, and we just had a, a good attitude, I think. Now, don't hang up on me, but I actually broadcast <laughs> that yeah. loss to the U of M Bisons on CJOB. It was my first year in Winnipeg and one of the, the first oh, events yeah. that I actually did play-by-play on. Uh, <laughs> but that was – that was um, I, I, it depends on the perspective that uh, you're you're looking at it from, but that, that that was a night that I don't think whether whichever bench you were on that that anybody will ever forget though. I mean, it was just it was kind of where Winnipeg was at the center of it all that particular evening. 
Yeah, and, and uh, from that perspective, and I, I think that uh, the longer it is in the past, uh, the more you can see it like that as well. When, you, when you're right in the middle of it and you end up losing, uh, it's definitely, it wasn't very, very much fun for us. But, you know, it was, the, the lead up to it was a lot of fun. Like we, and especially, you know, for, for women's sports, it was kind of like unheard of at the time that, you know, people would be excited about something like that and, and there would be lineups for people to get in and, and, you know, lineups around the corner for people to get tickets. And and uh, it was really, you know, it gave you a, a feeling that you're special and it gave us a feeling that we're doing something, you know, that really hasn't been done before. So from that perspective, it was really uh, a great experience from, from the perspective that we we didn't come out on top. Uh, was a little bit less uh, happy, but uh, I think you know, all in all, it was a, a great time. Sandra, what made you so good as a basketball player? I, uh, and I ask that with some trepidation because I know you're not one to toot your own horn, but man, I mean, you were the cream of Canadian women's basketball. I'm talking about you individually for, you know, <laughs> not just a short time, but for three years in a row, you know, you were the top female basketball player in our country. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, like I said before, I think it, it also has to do with the team. I didn't have such a great team. You know, there's lots of really good players and uh, uh, that would be successful if put in a certain situation. Um, and I felt very fortunate that we had, you know, nobody on our team really was jealous of anyone or nobody really cared who got the credit. And, and that helps someone you know, who who does get the credit, you know, uh, especially in, in the women's sports, I found, you know, it's it, sometimes there's a, a lot of jealousy. And even when I come, came over to Germany, I noticed that a little bit more. And you notice, you know, what you had when you were back there in Winnipeg. Uh, but, you know, everybody was cheering for everyone and, and pulling for it. And we had people on our team who did, you know, the so-called dirty jobs so that, uh, you know, getting rebounds and playing really good defense and things like that. But, you know, I, I did know that uh, I had specific talents and it was it made me sort of the star uh, of the team. Uh, I think one of the things that I was able to do that not a lot of other people were able to do is, you know, when it got to be an important time of the game, you know, I was able to concentrate more than, than get panicked and that helped me a lot to be successful in situations where people notice then, you know, they notice if you're in a national final and and you, you you rise to the occasion. That's when then when you get noticed, or in a tournament final, or something like that. I felt like I always seemed to calm down at, at times when normally the people would be getting worked up. So that helped me a little bit. But like I said, the main thing I think was was that we had such a great team, such a great uh, bunch of coaches, and and uh, you know I happened to be the one that, that scored the most points, and so uh, I got a lot of the the credit. But uh, I think it was uh, really a team that, that made, made the individual as well. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?